Welcome to B-Movie Breakdown, episode 215. You're wrong. That's not the number. Yeah, it is. It's episode no, it's 215 not. of the podcast. It's 215 episodes of the podcast? Or oh, 215 episodes? Yeah. Nope. Episode. <laughs> and I And I helped you out, and then you wanted to say I was wrong, and I was not. I knew what episode it was. I thought you were challenging the first part or the last part. part yeah the first part was the wrong part <laughs> right so let's let me do that again okay that, well it's no it's getting kept let's move it along <laughs> it's right. episode 215 of a 315 podcast a series welcome to episode 315 of the big movie breakdown not 215 i had i thought you were challenging the 15 part and not realizing that i was nope, saying 200 that, nope the 15 part of, was uh, the was the correct part this yeah, is what it was part. That was fine. <laughs> yep. Well, you know what? It's uh, it's crazy what times. Is it? It's crazy times right now. It's COVID. It's uh, it's crazy times right. It's been COVID for nine months. <laughs> it's COVID and just every started. week. You know the episode. COVID just started, and it's uh, crazy. oh my and god! COVID started a hundred episodes ago. The holidays. What kind of nonsense? If you celebrate <laughs> Christmas, it's literally in uh, two days from when this episode will come out. The holidays. So, so what does that you, explain? Episode two fifteen. <laughs> if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you celebrate other holidays, Happy other holidays. Wow, that was a nice. Uh, I, didn't know where, I didn't know where that sentence was going. <laughs> well, I could have said something like, uh, uh, "Yep." Um, I don't you, know what you could have said. Actually, I don't even think we should discuss it. Uh, so yeah, so if you whatever holiday you celebrate during the month of December, or if you celebrate any holidays at all, you know, uh, Happy Holidays. But then the also, solstice. Obviously, uh, Christmas is within days of this podcast uh, being released. So Merry Christmas as well. What day does this come out on? This will come out December 23rd. Uh, 23rd. Just past the solstice. That's a good day, you know, the solstice, the winter solstice of December. Yeah. It's a cool day. A lot of cool things happen on that day. I feel like only one cool thing happens in winter solstice. That's it, though. That's it. No, it's like at least one more. A child of the stars was born who is not Jesus. <laughs> well, that's why we watch this movie just for just for just for that child. Oh, well, that's not. Now I'm, I have all sorts of mixed emotions. Oh, just kidding! I already had them. <laughs> well, before we get into all of our mixed emotions for this week's movie, uh, this is the Big Movie Breakdown. It's a weekly podcast where we find the humor and enjoyment in awesome and awesome movie bad films of the past and present, home of the good, the bad, the what the fuck. Each week's movie is revealed on the prior episode, so you two can join in on the madness. So make sure you listen to the very end of every episode so you know what the next movie is going to be. And if you have that streaming service or whatever we're watching it on, you can uh, watch it before you listen to the next episode. You can follow us on the social medias at B Movie Breakdown, uh, especially over there on the gram. Check us out at B Movie Breakdown. Uh, you can hit us up in the DMs or email us bmbpodcast at gmail.com if you want to uh, get in contact with us and like uh, let us know some movies you want us to watch or maybe if you made a movie and you want us to watch it, uh, stuff like that. So uh, shoot everything over that way or uh, in the DMs on the social media. Speaking of social medias and uh, other things and other ventures, uh, Nick, what do you have going on aside uh, from uh, this so podcast? What, the, aside from this podcast, if you want to listen to another podcast about Monsters, Madness, and Mayhem, 
You can just search Weird and Feared wherever you find your podcast and listen to spooky stories about monsters and things. And if you want to follow my art account, illustration-based account, you can follow Scatterville Stories on the Instagram. Either one of those are doable if you so choose. If that be your path, let it be your path. Let it be your path. And this week we have carved out our path in the holiday movie season, first with Christmas Twister, then with Santa Jaws, and last week with Snow Globe. And we end it with a movie that is not even really about Christmas whatsoever <laughs> in any sense. In fact, I believe it takes place in January uh, after the day. It takes place after Christmas. It is. <laughs> there's not too many movies that carve out the niche of post Christmas movies. Cause I don't, it may not be January. It may be in that, that weird period from December, like, but then why are they going to school though? So it's yeah, I do be... believe somebody mentioned the date of January 8th at some point. All right. So I did, I did, I did, I did pick up, pick up on a, on a date somewhere. Cause I was Perfect. wondering the same thing about the kids going to school. So uh, anyways, this week on the podcast, we're not watching Home Alone. We didn't watch Home Alone 1. We didn't watch Home Alone 2, though you wouldn't refer to it as Home Alone 1. You just refer to it as Home Alone. Uh, no, it's Home Alone 1, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> Home Alone 1, The Phantom Menace. Uh, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. and But we didn't watch either of those. We watched the infamously uh, panned and uh, hated Home Alone 3. It's the best of the worst B-movie breakdown 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 Now, Home Alone 3 was made, it was, came out five years after the original Home Alone movie. That's fine. How long since the second one? Oh, after the second one. Oh, after the second one, I mean, yeah. After the yeah, last no, no, Home you Alone said, movie. You, I was, you were saying movie, but then you said movies. So then it answered yeah. my question in mid-sentence, so I should have just listened. It's mine. It's on me. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's on me. It's on me. So, um, so yeah, I was so impatient. five years after the second Home Alone movie, uh, and at the point when this movie came out, you know, Macaulay Culkin was just, uh, he's over it. He's over it. He's over the... So was America. So was America. Well, I kind of not really. I, I, I do believe this movie uh, didn't do so terribly um, at the box office, despite, you know, being uh, opening... I mean, the budget was um, $32 million. In the U.S., it only, it only made $30 million, but worldwide, $80 million. So it so definitely it, made, it, definitely made, it made money. money. Yeah, made yeah. money. Opening weekend five million. I don't know if it was a number one uh, the weekend it came out. No, it's probably number seven. <laughs> number seven. It's a really it's specific. Uh, it's my guess. It's how I feel. It's it's how you feel about the movie as yeah. a whole. I'll be on Macaulay Culkin. You know, he was Dunzo with the, with the character and uh, not feeling it. Coming back for yet another Kevin McAllister. Uh, ride there. I mean, really, he was pretty much just done with movies at that point. Like, yeah, he, he had done um, The Good Son, and he had did, done Getting Even with Dad, Page Master, Richie Rich, and then that was like he was in the Michael Jackson music video for Black and White, and then that was like it for a long time. And he made his money, and he was done. That's a good career. And then like sued his parents and whatever all that crazy business or 
at least um, dad wasn't his dad kind of shitty or something like that. The story of a child actor is wrought with many hurdles. <laughs> right. I mean, but you're basically doing... doing you're basically doing something that almost isn't your choice. Right. Like you didn't audition for these things by yourself. Like your parents thought like it was a, a cool s- idea. I feel like at a certain point it's your choice. Like I want to be an actor. I want to be in movies and like, th- but like if you're like really really little and you start being in them and then you're just like that's just what you do now you know like yeah i feel like maybe if you're like 10 plus you can there's more choice in it there's zero choice you have no choice Uh, or teenager there's probably more choice but teenager uh, probably more choice but i mean you're there's a reason you're a child actor you're not your own guardian these decisions are not entirely yours they had an aspiration for acting yeah i mean i mean no pros, That's pros excuse, and cons, right? Le- yeah, legal disputes with your parents and fraught relationship for the rest of your lives. But at least you had six or seven years. You made millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's like there's some scenarios where the child actor thing really worked out. Some scenario, a lot of scenarios where it really doesn't work. It works out for a while and then spirals. Um, so yeah, I think there's a do- HBO documentary that came out not long ago about kid actors and that um was it made by uh, alex winter from bill and ted i think he directed that and it was about kid stars and stuff i, haven't, I didn't get a chance to see that yet but uh, i keep meaning to watch it I heard it's good but here's another scenario though you got another kid in this movie and you got a kid in this movie that uh another kid in this movie that went on to be extremely famous scarlett johansson this is like her first major role in a movie it's true and what she, has she was, been uh, in? what has she been in I don't know some like movie with like people with like powers and I don't know they got like I'm a guy one guy's like I'm angry and like now another guy's like I got a shield it's like some stupid did, crap did a lot of people see that one uh a few oh yeah a few people not many but well that's good for, I mean, at least it's got a market at least some people enjoyed that yeah it was like was. a niche yeah. it was like a very niche market and yeah. uh you know they made a lot like angry of them. they made like 22 of they made like 22 movies for a very niche was market. this like an over was this like a europe exclusive thing <laughs> it was a very specific to norway i was gonna say was this yeah it's yeah wow cool what's well, that's socialism for you yep there we go uh, but yeah, so ScarJo, she's uh, she's rocking it in this movie as a as an awful awful sibling. I feel like the siblings in this movie are way worse than any of the siblings or cousins in the other two movies. They don't, they're jerks, but they don't say as much mean shit. They just have attitude. I don't know when they're like getting. They don't on say them, as much mean first, shit, man. They don't say as much mean shit. When he first like when they're he's kids walking down the hallway and they're like getting at him, there's just being like awful to him. And like when he has chicken pox, they're like, "Oh, I hope he scratch, scars his butt up so much." Like, it's yeah, this like, is kids saying that's not that mean. That's almost like just a jokey nonsense thing. I in Home Alone, like the Kevin's third and his whole family, they're like assholes. They're yeah, assholes. more so more so like the like his uncle than anybody. I feel like and maybe Buzz. It, his uncle and Buzz are fucking gr- gross. They're bad. They're not good. And everybody else is just kind of like, psh, I mean, I haven't watched the movie in, you know, a day or two, but I, it's hard for me to remember. It's like, psh, whatever. You know, it just seems like the attitude was all about. Yeah, no, the attitude's not good. They're definitely not thrilled about Kevin because, you know, he, but he, he does act like a brat, though, at the same time. I guess it's in his, it's in the genetics, I guess. It's in their genes. It's a dad's whole family. <laughs> right, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, everybody and, all around him. But I feel like the mom. I, I don't mean like, to. Dis- she's just actually, she's just being a parent. Yeah, mom is mom isn't too terrible. But this is a spectrum. We get his uncle and Buzz saying horrible things. So like, yeah, mom isn't too bad in comparison to that. And I'm not uh, defending you that the, I'm not I'm not like arguing that the kids in this movie are not bad. They are, but I do think I just think there's a little more venom in the other ones. And it's IMO. And, and these kids have less of like a reason to like really come around for their brother. Like at least in like home, the first home alone, it's like, okay, you know, our brother got left alone for all these days. And like, you know, we were worried about him and things like that. That's in this one. Yeah. No, go ahead. You're fine. I was saying in this one, it's it's just like, oh, all of a sudden the police, the FBI want to talk to him, and it's like, hey, that's my brother you're talking about, and like, it's because they literally minutes ago they were like, fuck you, Alex, because they always they always liked their brother, they just gave him shit, and then it got real, and they just like threw. That's how much of a facade it was. They threw it away when it was like immediate danger. Like, all right, yeah. As opposed to the, you know, it's just like they're like, what the? Plus, they kept everybody kept calling him a liar. Nobody believed him. I love the depiction of the police in this film. It's very amazing. What the <laughs> fuck, you guys? Just kicking doors down, not even knocking to see if anybody. Dude, this, this, they didn't even ring amazing. the doorbell, knock. They just like they kicked it down the windows. Nothing. They did nothing. I mean, I feel because this one was written by John Hughes or no? Yes. I mean, I wouldn't put it past me as that being like a subtle disinterpretation of how police officers act. Boom, guns out. Like, right? I mean, it's very intentional. They kick the door down without interacting with anybody. That's not okay. Right. Hello? Is anybody home? Not even that. This is busted, no. breaking doors, knocking shit over, guns yeah. out. What it the is, hell? It's and very absurd. Those would be, I mean, was it a suburb of Chicago or was it, is it Chicago, Chicago? No, it's definitely sub the suburbs. Yeah, but which like do we never establish what's isn't it isn't it assumed? Well, isn't the first one's assumed that it's um Downers Grove? Is that assumed? I mean, I know the yeah, house I've... isn't in there, but I think or is it? Where is the house at? The actual it's not the same house, but I'm just saying it's weird for this movie to have no connection to the first two, but still be have to go back to Chicago. Like, it's almost a swerve. Like, oh, they're going <laughs> to Chicago. The house, the, the house from the from the movie, from like the outside yeah. exterior, is in Winnetka. Okay. Six seventy one Lincoln Avenue, Winnetka, Illinois. Okay. If you want to go visit it. This house. Or this, no. the real house, the original. No, the, movie house. the, the original McAllister where's, house. Where's this house at? I don't know. Schaumburg. Lombard. I, sure. Pick a pick a pick a suburb, New Lenox. I don't know. No, going away, going going further down. Wow, go yeah, Lockport, they, Lamont. They made they made those bad guys go really far out, uh, or four forty five minutes out of, from the city when, once they landed. Montgomery. Yeah, it is definitely Oswego. It, it has an Oswego <laughs> feel to it, a hundred percent. Those two um, houses. What? <laughs> But yeah, they they, yeah, they definitely don't mention uh, where it's at, if it's in the same neighborhood, if it's in the same... Why? The only reason it's, like again, set in Chicago is like John Hughes. That's the right. connection. Like it every is. one of his movies have something yeah. to do with Illinois right. or Chicago or fake good. Illinois. Su- Maybe it takes place in Shermer, Illinois, like a lot of his movies in a fictional Illinois uh, city that doesn't... What's, doesn't his fictional, what's his fictional Illinois town? Shermer. Where's that on the map? 
I couldn't tell you, but it's like when when Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller, right. all that. It's Shermer. Shermer, because you know they got to guess where it is in the map. Shermer. I think they always said like somewhere near like it has to be somewhere closest to Chicago. Or was was Ferris Bueller supposed to be Shermer? I think so. So it, could, it had to be somewhere nearish Chicago. Shermer on map. I don't know. You're 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 doing the Jay and Silent Bob thing now. Where they remember in Dogma, they were the reason that they ended up in in Illinois at all in that movie is because they uh, they're trying to go to Shermer, Illinois. Which is really, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah they find I, out I it forget. doesn't exist. Oh, I was hoping I'd get more precise, but I guess that's precise enough considering the Earth is a big place. Yeah, yeah, not really sure where it's supposed to. Just a suburb of Chicago, like so, like Uncle Buck. I mean, Home Alone. Yeah, you you name it. A lot of so many of his movies, but yeah, it's like it's weird that they like. It's like almost like as if they wrote. I, well, with the fact that that Macaulay Culkin turned it down made me feel feel like they wrote this with him in mind. Yeah, but the whole care, all the characters and families are different, aren't they? Or no? Right, they could have transplanted. They could have just put in a whole new that the, that part had to be rewritten. But maybe they had Kevin McAllister going up against international criminals. Well, and it's it's almost like it's but it's almost like the Chicago like it's called Home Alone Three and they're going to Chicago. So like the swerve is almost like oh no, it's a different kid. At least it's right. how it watches it in its final form. Right, and there's and there's even almost more of a swerve. I feel like with with. Uh, you have the music playing in the beginning, the original music. Right. So you're already leading people. But then, and I swear, they prob- they had to have, because I went and watched the trailer, and these shots are in the trailer prominently. The mom in this movie occasionally looks like Catherine O'Hara. Okay. She has, because we just watched Home Alone 1 and 2. Yeah. And Oh, me too. Um... Her hair sometimes is very much the same style as Catherine O'Hara's hair. She's a redhead mom. Yeah, she's true. She and is. then in the end of towards the end of the movie, she's wearing the same exact jacket. That's tough. And they use those shots in the trailer. And I swear <laughs> they had her because sometimes in the movie, in this in Home Alone 3, she does not look like that. She does not have her hair like that always. It's only no. when she's going to it's only a couple times when she's going to work where she's at work. And they use those shots of the mom in the trailer. I mean, they want to they want to make things yeah as similar as possible. So I really feel like they were trying to like slightly bait people into thinking. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. You know, it's the same kind of thing going on here, but not. Yeah, it's it's lying, but like, I know, then you can be like, well, I never said it was that. I never said it was her. But all these visual cues, I never said that. We never right. said this is Kevin and his family. You just assumed it's your fault. It's quite an interesting uh, presentation of data. Yeah, and though the whole thing is just uh, the whole thing is just weird. Like to like whenever they do sequels like this, and they don't do them too often anymore, where they just kind of keep the name and kind of just completely like, you know what I mean? Like if it was set out to be an anthology thing, sure, but it's like it wasn't. You know, it's like almost like Halloween. It's almost like Halloween one and two, and then here's Halloween three. Here's Home Alone three. It's like yeah, but they could have just kept yeah, but then but eventually, like if you're on Halloween nine and everyone past the third one was an anthology, then like oh, that's just what it became. 
You know what I mean? Right, but then in Halloween in Home Alone Four, it's Kevin McAllister again, but yeah, played so by we, a different kid. Yeah, so we ruin it. We ruin it. And he's it. young. He's still like a little kid, and yeah, it's just that. But that wasn't even in. That wasn't even theatrical. This movie, Home Alone Three, was a theatrical release. Right. Which I mean, you know, if I was, but I mean, I was gonna say if I was a child in the nineties, no, I was that, and I didn't see this. So, I I did see this movie in theaters. Yeah, I I didn't. My mom was like, "Do you want to see this?" And I was like, "I'm not seeing that piece of garbage." I remember I would have been 11 years old when this came out, and uh, I remember my dad took me and my sister to go see this movie, and I remember being not thrilled. It's about also not. It's I mean, I'm going to keep talking crap about it, but it's also not a piece of garbage. It's just this thing that I don't know why. It's just this thing. It's just this thing. Yeah, movie. You know what? It's it's, it's not another town like you with your you know parents go out and kid watch kids watch a movie. You watch it, it's over, you move on with your life. Yeah, it's 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 actually fine. I watched it with my three-year-old son. He loved it. Um, <laughs> right. But he just liked seeing bad guys get like beat up. But honestly, the bad guys in this movie way more intense than um, Harry and Marv. A lot of guns. A lot of guns. A lot of guns. Taking a uh-huh. shotgun into a house after a child. Um, there is a gun at one point in the first Home Alone, but they never use it. They just show it. Um, in this movie, a gun is used. Uh, so that's a, a difference there for sure. Um, but Or maybe it's the second Home Alone they have the gun. He has the gun and, and his hands are all slippery on the stuff. Anyways, um, but yeah, like the bad guys in this were definitely, I mean, they're, they're, they're international criminals. They work for a, a North Korean terrorist. Right, which like, how many like North? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, is it? Wouldn't they just be associated with like the North Korean government because that's like an enemy state? A North Korean terrorist. What year did this come out? Ninety-seven. Yeah. So like, they didn't have default generic copy cutter terrorists. Terrorists were just generic term for any bad guy. And like North Korea is bad, so the terrorists. Right, and they didn't want to call the people going after the kid a terrorist. You know what yeah, I mean? They, right. Like they specifically meant like that they were criminals. Right. Which is a so weird, not... disti- yeah, it's a weird <laughs> distinction, right? Like they just want a burglar and steal with a terrorist to the terror, but yet they're all connected in the same syndicate. They are the money all flows around between them. So sure. They're not terrorist guys. Okay. And the beginning of this movie does start out like kind of like serious. It's like, not like fun. Like the first no, two home alone movies are very much fun in the beginning. Uh, this one's not. My kid was definitely not into the beginning. Maybe if I maybe if he was like eight or seven or eight or something, sure. But even then, I feel like it's just boring. The beginning is just boring. I mean, the beginning is setting. They're terrorists. It's pretty intense. Like, what it are is. we doing here? It almost reminds me of like, well, not as intense, I guess, but like a kindergarten cop. Like the beginning of that movie is very intense. A man, the, he kills people in the beginning of that movie. Kindergarten Cop is dramatic. It ends and it begins and ends very dramatically. It does begin and end very dramatically, uh, especially the end. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely like you know two two ends of the spectrum. But this is a little bit obviously gets very cartoony. This one's on obviously. I think this one's aside from like in Home Alone two when there's like a skeleton shown of a man that's being electrocuted. Well, that, that Corey, that's just science. But this one, happens. I feel like, is more cartoony because just the sound effects alone. 
Whenever no, anybody gets hurt, it's like boing, bing, it's pretty doing. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty reserved, and then all of a sudden, it just like flips a switch, and it's like, oh no, this is what we're doing. It's like, wow, we got here. <laughs> like you know, there's some pranks, and he's doing stuff, and he's messing with them, but nothing's too outlandish, not yet. And then we get there. No, his like electricity, uh, and then I mean, you know, his all his, the all the things that would kill you that don't like here. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, his traps. I think I think because this movie is mainly uh, dismissed by most people. Uh, you know, people always talk about the Home Alone traps and pranks and stuff, and how they would have killed them. Uh, for sure, some of them would have killed them or really hurt them. Those guys way worse than they did than they got hurt. Uh, but these and this one definitely these all these people would be dead. There's a lot of all them that of them. would just yeah. There's a, there's a lot of them that was like you're dead now. Several times you'd be dead, but like. It's got like, yep, I get this is what we're doing. That's fine. But yeah, every instance, I mean, how many things fell from no matter what it was falling from that high of a height? Like, oh, uh, wow. Those weights would um, smash their skulls. I mean, the bookcase itself could have killed you, too. The crate with the books. Yeah, killed they would have smashed. They would have yeah, smashed be, their heads. Yeah, yeah, you'd be done. And even um, if they weren't done then, then that well, those weights fell on their head. That's an instant. It fell from like the second story of a house. It would crush your head. You would be dead. Yeah. No, you. Yeah. That's the part. They don't even choose to show us them hitting. That's the one the camera cuts away. Because, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're instantly. And they're honestly, dead. I mean, this is getting to the uh, one of the uh, one of the um, the final little traps he has set. But like. The, the morbid trampoline into frozen pool trap was like, that's just a murder pit. That's a yeah. murder pit. They're Again, dead. dead. They're, They're dead. dead. They're dead. They're frozen to death. They're dead. Because if we're going by weather standards, that day was clearly one of the coldest days ever because when a man got sprayed with water, he was instantly frozen. Yeah, he got sprayed with water and was instant frozen. Yeah, this was even before, you know, was our what was what oh well fuck what did they what did they call our deep freeze when it was like negative whatever below zero what was that called the polar vortex polar vortex yeah this is the, the yeah that's like a polar vortex day we're like walking outside you could have like i just imagine like walking to my car to a building during the polar vortex it's like am i gonna be okay like it didn't feel great no it felt it felt rough it's not good yeah i had to work one of those two days and it was a very cold environment where I used to work. And I remember it was just like, it was unbelievably. Those brutal. were during the past four years, right? Yeah. That was like two years ago, three years ago. What? That feels like, that feels like 27 years ago. The polar right. fucking vortex was also included in these past four years. And it happened like twice, didn't it? Yeah. Well, I think so. uh, didn't it? yeah. Wasn't something there, like that. I want to say like it got, it got deep free, like at least twice. We're like, yeah, who knows? The thing that bothered what? me so much about that, the polar vortex thing was like, it, yeah, one day it was like, it was really the lowest, but like the next day it was like only two degrees warmer. So we're still in it, but everybody right. acted like, right. oh, it's okay to, to go back and do things. No. I mean, we've, we've learned a lot. That's, that's the motto for the past. It's not okay to go back and do things. Can you imagine how many people would just walk outside and die if the polar vortex went on for like eight months? I guess I'm just going to die now. <laughs> Stay inside. Be warm. Wear a scarf. I don't want to wear a scarf. Scarves are for pussies. They walk outside. They're frozen to death. At least that would just hurt yourself. Sorry. Right. Personal feelings coming out. But right. I mean, come on. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Polar vortex businesses are closing, and then people, ex- yeah, people expected to come back into work. I mean, it's almost the same analogy. It really is. We we already experienced it once. Oh my god, it's almost the same analogy. No one can tell me to stay in my warm house. I'm gonna go out and do stuff in nature because of the polar vortex. Man, I didn't expect I'd watch this movie and think about the polar vortex. Holy <laughs> shit. That feels like 27 years ago. I was eight when the polar vortex happened, Corey. How old were you? <laughs> what the hell? You saw this movie in theaters with your father during the polar vortex. That's how during long the, ago it was. During the polar vortex is when I saw this movie. Yeah, you guys um, were going to stay home and you guys went to the movie theaters. What do people <laughs> do now? What the fuck? You know what's funny? That even as a kid, when I saw this movie in theaters, I remember not being like too thrilled on it. I think I, I mean I was eleven, so I was definitely at the point where I'm like, "What is going on? Why? Why is this a thing?" But also uh, the fact that uh, one, this man was so weird at times with his thoughts. But Roger Ebert loved this movie. I mean. I can kind of get it. It's not a badly constructed movie. Like, it's fine. But it's just it's just a shallow romp. He must have liked cartoons. And that's fine, Roger. You're a he said bad. it was better than the first one. I mean, Roger. Which part, Roger? Did you, I mean, did you, I think he just liked the parrot. He thought the parrot was funny. I mean, I don't know. If you got more details about Roger's review so I can stop putting words in his mouth, that'd be cool. He... It was the only Home Alone film movie he really liked. He gave the first two negative reviews. Oh, my God. And it says Gene Siskel nearly fell off his chair in disbelief at this remark. This is also the man towards, like, no, not not even towards the end of his life. Like, I wouldn't even say towards the end. He was still probably pretty much okay when he was, like, going off about, like, video games not being art and, like, yeah, flipping little, out about that. Yeah, it's a weird swerve, Roger. Why are you going to do that? <laughs> That's not your world. Stay out of it. Well, well, also, but, like, how can you how can you not say – how can you say they're not art? Like, what is art to you? But, like, Toy Story is? Is the same fucking – But the art, but the art <laughs> Roger is – but, like, the art Roger is critiquing didn't exist like a hundred years before he was reviewing it less than a hundred. You know what I mean? He's reviewing a medium less than a hundred years old. So like video games in like 60 years, think about that. People are going to say like video game is an art. He's still watching video games in its infancy. Like he's basically watching like the silent films of movies in compare. I mean, in comparison and what will video games be in 60 years? Jesus Christ. So God, I mean, they're already epics. I mean, fuck. Video games are already out of control. Right. I mean, uh, our sometimes friend of the show, Pat, is not with us tonight because he's playing a video game. Well, I, yeah, I wasn't going to call him out, but I mean, that's exactly what that's a real <laughs> story. That's really happening. It's not a lie. That really, really happened. That's really, it really going on. It really, really is going on. And yeah, he gave Home Alone 3 three stars. He gave home, the first Home Alone two and a half stars. And he gave Home Alone 2 two stars. Out, out of how many? Five? Yeah, I believe his scale was five. The only person I ever remember doing four stars was like Leonard Maltin. No, whatever. But yeah, out of five stars. It's just, look, at even this is the review for Home Alone 3. Call me hard-hearted. Call me cynical, but please don't call me if they make Home Alone 3. These words from my review of Home Alone 2 now have to be eaten. 
To my astonishment, I like the third Home Alone movie better than the first two. I'm even I'm even going so far as to recommend it, although not to grown-ups unless they are having a very silly day. Okay, Roger, who are you writing this review for? A six-year-old? Ch- children reading the newspaper? <laughs> exactly! Because like at the time, Steven that's where his reviews his... were. His reviews were in the newspaper. Yeah, so little little Stephen goes out and gets the mail from the mailman, from the, gets the paper from the paper boy. So the paper boy basically, oh, he's writing for the paper boy. Yeah, hey, look at paper boy. He even states this movie follows the exact formula of the first two, but is funnier and gentle, gentler, has a real charmer for a hero, and provides splendid wish fulfillment and escapism for kids in say the lower grades. I mean, Alex is a badass child. I won't argue that. And even I mean, says, he, there's a, even a better rationale for why the hero is left home alone. Yeah, he's left home alone because he's sick at home, so his parents know about it. The whole point of the first two is like they forget. Right. The whole well, the I first one they forget, but the I mean, second one again, they switch planes. I don't want to. I don't want to put words into the late Roger Ebert's mind or mouth about that movie. But, like, the fact that in that review he says gentler, I think he just was offended by, like, how terrible the families were. That's what that sounds like. And he just didn't fucking like it. It, it put him, it threw him off. It put him off, maybe. But this family actually cares about each other. And mom, like, genuinely cares. And then, like, you know, and dad is, like, a caring guy. Like, they just seem like a good family. Yeah. Siblings are siblings, whatever. But the family itself seems like it's fine. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, you even mentioned, like, what was he just being silly or something? And he even mentions like, if you're having a silly day and even at the end of the, um, review, he says, and the result is either more entertaining than the first two films, or I was having a very silly day. I mean, (laughs) at least he's honest about it. He just was, well, did you need to watch the other two? And when you were having a silly day, you went into it like hypercritical about. I don't. That's why even that's why reviewing movies in general just can sometimes drive me. Even when I do it, like what am I like? What? Yeah, he's like, he's who, who, like who am I to judge this film? I how are my feelings this day? Does it affect how I've seen this film? Does it, I mean, that's probably very very true actually for watching this movie. Does it affect my like my normal day? What day did I have? Then I watch this. And then, like, that, re- that reflects on how I feel about the film as opposed to judging it on its own merits about what it's about. But he had a silly yeah. day, so he liked it. Yeah, it's just... And, like, was he, like, super judgmental on, like, Chris yes. Columbus as a first-time director? Like, who Perhaps. is this? Who is this guy? Who, you know, what's... It's just... It's, it's just yeah, a, a lot of, weird... lot of... Yeah, a lot of factors are in play there. But this was a first-time director... This was a, so somebody who went on to direct a lot of movies, but this was a, a first-time director here with Home Alone 3. Weird. So it's like, I just went, what was his, what the issue is like. I don't know. We can't ask him. I will never know. Because if we had the opportunity to talk to Roger Ebert in this life or any life, we would ask him about his review and thoughts about Home Alone 3 in the first two. <laughs> what a waste of this man's time. <laughs> I Honestly, I might be intrigued. Like, it, it, later on in life, did he have the same feelings still? Or what, what was, like, this movie, you know, the first two movies are beloved. They're just these beloved classics. 
And it, even his, his best friend was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, every, every review of any movie done by anyone is a snapshot in their life and in time. So those thoughts, those people can grow and those thoughts can change and they can evolve. It's just an interesting snapshot. That's all you can, you know, it's the only way to look at, be able to look at those things. You know, this is what he thought at this time. Is he still thinking now? Maybe not. And like, and like, if he felt like Kevin McAllister couldn't put together the traps that he put together, this fucking kid, Corey. the traps are like outrageous. He had live feed cameras. How the fuck was he even doing that in 1997? Analog, dial-up internet? It's fine. No, he's, he wasn't using Wi-Fi. He had cables hooked all over the place. Yeah, how did he fucking route the cables through his fucking house? He had lots of cables. I, this is, this ca- is a prequel camera- to MacGyver. The camera that was on is. the RC car didn't even have a... How was it even connected to his TV? I don't know. Explain to me one. that. That's a good one. I don't understand that. That's a good one. That was radio waves. That was... He was used... Wow. I just take those things for granted because they're real life now. Right, but that wasn't a thing totally that, an eight, that an 8-year-old that an or however old he's supposed to be had access to in 1997. No matter how rich, he wasn't even a rich kid. He was just like this like upper middle class yeah. kid. How how was he able to do that? <laughs> the ones in the house, sure, I'll take your excuse. He had he fed a fucking lot. Well, because that's that's physically possible. Or... It just it, you just need lots of wires. That's physically possible. And considering everything else he was doing, that's well within his capability. But making magical Wi-Fi, how did that happen? He had a live feed. Is live. I mean, and I won't. I'll be honest. I was frustrated that I was watching this movie, so I never thought about that. But now it's that's all I can think about. How was he making that camera go into the attic? He it's was serious, watching it. It seriously bothered me so much. The entire he was scene, watching he, it. The entire scene. It really, really bothered me the entire time. Was this set in 2017? <laughs> Was it not set back in the 90s? But the camera was old. Yes, the camera was, was quite old. He, they didn't even show him use a computer. We got to find, we got to do some search. We got to do video I'm cameras. I'm trying to think about myself, like 97, I think we, we had just gotten a computer in 97. Like that would be, we had just got a, our first computer All in right. our house. I'm going to type in, did video cameras have Wi-Fi in the 90s? <laughs> He didn't have Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi wasn't a thing. Wireless internet in 1997? In, in somebody's house? In their normal suburban house? Closed caption TV. The history of video cameras. Closed caption TVs. Okay, he barely hit it well. He barely yeah. hit it well. Yeah, I'm not... I mean, I'm not arguing. I agree with all these points. Um, I agree with all these points. Um... Wireless cameras, nineties. I just don't understand. I wish I knew how that was possible. It's it's literally, it's literally one of the most insane parts of this movie. It's a, a sh- very sh- well. It's actually a long scene because it goes on to like him like running. Right. They're chasing the car all over the place. But by the way, he lives right across the street from her house. Why did it take so long for that car to get back to his house? 
It literally took the, he took the longest route possible to get back to his fucking house. Yeah, he did. He was trying to, yeah, he did. He was trying to chase him, lose him. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It, that was very. But the thing is, and you know what? Like something else that was like in 1997, and even maybe even now, I don't even know. Maybe now they might think something like this is suspicious and weird. But only maybe. Why did they even need to hide that chip at the airport? To get it through security. But why would security give a fuck about that chip? If they saw that go in some in somebody's bag, they wouldn't think anything of it. They wouldn't even it would it wouldn't, Corey, no. it wouldn't raise an eyebrow. No, I, I thought that too. And then after I watched the movie, I went to YouTube and I looked at the deleted scene where the FBI briefed everybody at the airport to look for the computer chip. <laughs> it was a whole scene, but it was too long. It didn't fit the thing. But, oh, like, I mean, okay. okay. But I mean, I don't even have to look for like Wi-Fi cameras to figure this out because like you just, I mean, come on, man. You flipped on an antenna. It's just an antenna. He had an antenna from his video camera into his house. That's what he does. Yeah, it's a, to, you know, like a like a news station broadcasting. Yeah, to... he he had a satellite in his fucking house that could get the radio See, waves dish. in. From the... Yeah, he had, yeah analog he had the... dishes or whatever. Yeah, I mean that's that's I mean that's I'm here I am like here we are like oh how is this technology possible the beams thing into someone's house they've been doing it forever and he was doing it from his his battery powered video camera into the, the tv in his attic yeah he didn't even have like a like a television grade video camera or a television tower maybe he had some kind of network to bounce the signal i i honestly i i couldn't tell you that yeah those two things really bother me the the camera thing and then also the microchip like why to even hide it why even now even in today's heightened security world oh no airports, you cannot no you they'd be like this is a bomb you have to go it's a computer chip dude people travel with computer parts all the time it also says like property of the air force on it yeah but in through the scanner that they're putting it through no one's reading that the fucking tsa people aren't reading the fucking thing that says it's going through the thing just to see what, what it is. They're not going to be like, oh, what is this? This says Air Force. Give it to us. Well, even, the to guy at the, even the guy at the Air Force thing said, well, a lot of toys have Air Force on it. True. Even he yeah, wasn't man. concerned. No, he didn't care. He also was just a recruiter and was like, I don't fucking do this. I don't, this is not <laughs> my job. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. But he should also be slightly concerned if if somebody's calling and has these very specific part numbers. Yeah, once the model numbers go, like, oh, okay, oh, okay. <laughs> no, all right, all right. Oh my gosh! And then like the the old lady, she kind of sucked too, right? The old lady that mixed up the bags that caused all this in the first no, place. No, she's she's okay. She's a, she's she's somebody who's lived a tough life. And I mean, we don't know what her situation is because like, she lives alone and she's an older woman. Um, does her husband pass away? Does she have kids that don't come and see her ever? And then, because in the end, she, I mean, she just, you know, she, she needed to be snapped back into reality. I thought the story between Mrs. Hess and Alex was probably the best little, little mini story because like they had some nice character moments. And in the end, he saves her and she's like, I was an ass, basically. I'm sorry. Yeah, this is a basically opposite of Home Alone 1 and 2. In Home Alone 1 and 2, Kevin befriends an older, uh, elderly-type person who Can't pretty much them. saves them. He right. sa- they, they save him. 
I mean, man, Alex is Alex is like a prequel to like some kind of you know CBS action show that may or may not be called MacGyver. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know how you know it's not MacGyver's name is an Alex, but I mean this kid. I mean, come on, man. And like, this is a big house, but they're always big houses. But like, goddamn, these houses they, that these people are running through—it's like a, a fucking maze. Yeah, this house not as big, obviously, as the McAllister one. The McAllister one's like a mansion. Right. Very high class uh, with the McAllisters. I mean, you know, that's the reason that the, the, the burglars are even in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? But right. the thing is, with the criminals in this movie, there are these yeah. like international top of the line criminals, well, right? I mean, they're criminals, that's for sure. Well, they're working for all these high high end terrorists. True, and things that's like true. That. Well, that's true. So, if they're so good at what they do, why the fuck are they just out in broad daylight, like just walking into people's houses? Clearly, it worked out, but like, it's so like they, they, if you if, if they anything's going to take you in the whole movie, it's a whole plot point. Yeah, he's no like, one's oh, home. He literally, says, it's the, he literally says, it's the suburbs, nobody's home. But right. people are, like, look at fucking nowadays, and obviously, like, it, Facebook and stuff wasn't a thing, but look how many people are home all the time and don't have anything to do when they're posting about and their fucking town things about every little fucking mouse that fucking moves. You don't think people back then were like, oh, you, know, people, you don't think any moms or any or dads I or mean, anybody was fucking home during the day that saw these people just wandering the streets I mean, and running around like maniacs? Yeah, one person did. His name was Alex, and he called the cops many times, and no <laughs> one believed him. Yes, you're right. Somebody was home and did see them and called the cops, and the cops ignored what he said, but still chose to bust on every door with guns drawn and basically terrorize this little neighborhood. Good job, officers. Well played. Well played, officers. Well done. I mean, Corey, the first time the cop kicked the door open, I was like, what the fuck, you guys? Yeah, I felt the same way. I felt the same way. And like you just accept it in the like when you watch that as a as anybody watching that movie, do you think the cops are overreacting and this is excessive, or do you just accept it as this is what cops do? Uh yeah, I, I mean, because I guess if I was, yeah, I think like it's a scare, like it, like somebody who's just somebody watching this movie with you know with your kid or something, like who doesn't pay, like who's just watching it, like somebody who's just you know. One of those people who don't pay attention to things, you know, the ones that really help out the societies. They watch it and it's like, oh, that's what cops do. And then they yell. Even the cop says we can't yell at him too much because then he wouldn't call us. But the cop basically admits like what they're doing was excessive, but then they're yelling at him for wasting their time. But they were totally on board with just like storming these houses with many officers. Then especially at the end when everybody finds out, oh, he was right. Yeah. Again, cops, they weren't even doing police work. They did no investigating. They didn't look around. They broke in with excessive force. And so we didn't see anybody. And then they left. Good job, guys. It's always like, but it's always like this in a lot of these movies, right? Nobody ever believes a kid. It's like Nightmare on Elm Street. Nobody believes the kids. Yeah, it's it's also one of the most tired tropes. Like, no one can just believe him. I hate it. I'm over it. Nothing's more satisfying than when the kid finds out he's right. Well, I was going to say, at least in something like this, the cops did go twice on both calls. And there was nothing there, so it's like. But he never called the third time. The third time, he took it into his own hands. And even when the when the when the burglars, or the I keep saying burglars, not burglars, the criminals, are there at the house, and they're all beat up and stuff. He can literally his mom could come home and see this happening, 
Yeah. And help out. But instead, Dude. he tells her not to come home. Yeah, because he's like, I got this. If mom's here, I have somebody to worry about. Right now, it's just me. Just me. Just me, this little kid who's... Yeah. Uh, me and Doris and my brother's parrot. Yeah, the, that parrot Ooh. was a little, little annoying. He's just a sentient parrot. You've watched G.I. Joe. It's a sentient parrot. He talks in his conversations. Not mimicking anybody, just having conversations, just being a sentient parrot that could also drive, could also drive the remote controlled car that it was on top of. I mean, the parrot is pretty incredible. Yeah, it's yeah, also slightly annoying, but it's it's the brother's parrot, and that's why it's annoying, right? The brother made it like annoying. Sure, but the parrot's a fucking hero. Yeah, the parrot ends up being a hero. Yeah. You know, especially at the end, lights the match and everything. Very, very intelligent uh, bird there. Aside from the other animals, the bug that got squished, that wouldn't have been a good advers- good ally in this fight. Well, we'll never know. <laughs> we'll never know. Also, do you like how distinct they made the, the brother and sister book based on uh, how what kind of music they listened to? Uh, the the brother was very much into punk rock, and this uh, then ScarJo, she was all about uh, uh, ska music. Huge yeah, fan. That was... Huge fan. ScarJo, more like ScaJo. Well, that's enough. This is the B movie breakdown. <laughs> ScaJo. <laughs> Scarlet Scarlet Johansson. That just sounds like you're from a different place. <laughs> I don't know what your place you're from, but just somewhere different, somewhere else. Scarlett Johansson. Somewhere elder. Either su- either su- southern or somewhere in the northeast. Uh, take your pick. <laughs> whichever one, whichever one you you want to go with, is uh, is fine. Um, did what were, you don't thought? Didn't you think it was like? Obviously, it's for like, for kids or whatever. But I could see maybe where like certain people might like be off on this movie. With the amount of like silly like like kid version of like dick and fart jokes that they tried to throw into this movie for like no reason. You know, fan of rat dick. <laughs> you don't like that rat dick and like uh, Alex sh- slammed his thing in the toilet again. Hilarious! I'm just like I'm like, ow, Alex! How the fuck did you do that again? Right. Well, he did. Luckily, it wasn't again. It was, you know, just yeah. It was just chicken pox because they had to have a moment in this movie where the kid's in the bathroom and he does like a scream like Macaulay Culkin. Sure, that's fine. That's true. They had to they had to make sure that that moment was in there for the trailer. I'm sure, Uh, you know, I had to. uh... What about that? uh, That that dart gun that Alex had. Pretty awesome. It was real, very real. So probably illegal. Probably illegal in '97. That's probably not a good gun to have. Thing is, how realistic was it that the man, uh, the main criminal guy, he picked up that gun and thought that was his gun, even the weight be, it had of to be the a gun. Really heavy gun, a really heavy gun, like so heavy, a toy gun that's just. It had to have been made of metal. It had to have been made of metal. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have picked it up and just you. You would. And then how about his, his bubble gun? That's fucking real as fuck, too. That well, he spray-painted so that one. Oh, did he? Oh, that's right. I was, I, this is how much I was paying attention and caring. That's right. <laughs> he did. He spray-painted one of the guns, and that was the bubble gun was the one that he spray-painted. 
catch it. Well, I never did that as a kid. I never spray painted orange gun black or anything like that. That never happened. No, nobody, nobody ever, nobody yeah. ever did that. This is a green gun. <laughs> Run around. <laughs> no. Now it's real as fuck. Or just the tip if the tip was orange. Yeah, or just pull it. the tip off. Or just pull the tip right. off. Yeah. Which, you know. Things everyone knew everybody was doing. It's just maybe toy guns is a bad game. Yeah, there was that uh, that thing that went viral recently where that Santa would uh, at some like uh, socially distant Santa Claus thing or something. Um, the kid wanted like a Nerf gun, a Fortnite Nerf gun for Christmas, okay. and the Santa yeah. told him no. He said no. no no guns, no Nerf guns. Wow, thanks, liberal Santa. <laughs> Stealing, that's the war on Christmas is on, I guess. I thought it was over. thought it was almost one, but. And it's pretty cringy, too. It's not even like, okay, yeah, I get whatever he's, like, he's saying that. because it's. But he, like, makes it very cringy. Yeah, and now it's a whole internet thing, and now it's, this kid's like, what? Isn't Santa just supposed to say, sure, and listen to me run my mouth? Right, just, like, move on. You know, he chose this moment to make a political statement about a toy gun. But, I mean, maybe if the kid sat in Santa's lap, like, yeah, I want an AK-47, I want an M-16, I want a uh, an AR-15, and then Santa's like, he looks, looks looks at the parents like, what the fuck, you guys? Yeah, the kids the kids not even asking for a BB gun. He's, He's asking, asking for, for not even like a regular Nerf gun that maybe looks a little more realistic. Well, not I mean a lot of Nerf guns look absurd, but like a Fortnite one, all those are right. like pink and blue and purple and like all crazy right. looking and like right, they're not real. <laughs> Just wanted kid wanted a Nerf gun, and Santa Claus is like, "Fuck you." Santa's like, "You don't want a gun." He's like, "You want a knife," and gives the kid a knife like right there. And he's like, "Whoa, <laughs> like some- what?" It's like some shit straight out of like a Christmas story, you know. Like you shoot your eye out, kid, and just push him yeah. down. And just here we go. That guy was just take taking it into his own hands to really yeah, tell the kid yeah. no. That's true, right? That's true. Yeah, man, I almost put my eye out with a BB gun once. It wasn't cool. Uh, I don't know if I ever came close to putting my. I eye came out close. I just shot a piece of wood. It was far away, but it bounced back, and no one will know this, but no one will be able to see. But it hit me like right here. I was like, ah! <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, Whoa. I, I, I do. I do remember bound them bouncing pretty hard back off of like wood. Like I would set yeah. cans up on like a wood block and stuff like that. So and little <laughs> army army guys, I would set those up and. Were you ever ever a part of those games people played where they shot each other with BB guns? Were you part of those games? I was not. I heard. Always yeah, me heard neither. That. Me too. And I never. I was like, "What are you guys doing?" Nobody. I don't think anybody I know had happened to. But I would hear. You know, I'd hear about it in like various comedians or anything like that, where people would. You know, I feel like it was a very much an East Coast thing. Uh, maybe because it's just fucked up. East Coast and South, South, the South too, probably could be. But I mean, I swear, people, you know. I mean, I can't think of specific people who, but like real people I know, have these these have come up. I believe. I'm just thinking about it now, and I that's like a that's like a real like trashy kind of. Yeah, it's like haha, lives don't matter. Yeah, just shoot those guns. When I got a BB gun, it was like very like serious. Like, don't you're not shooting anybody with this. You're not, you know, you're not pointing at anybody. You're not, you know, shit like that. So yeah, I mean, I just. Yeah, I mean, I just do not to do that. 
I'm not saying you didn't know how to do that, but like I'm trying to remember. It's just like, yeah, this doesn't get aimed at people. Then it, well, it was always like Boy Scout stuff too. Like, don't aim it at people. I think that's where all my the training came from way back yeah. in the day. It's right. Like, don't yeah. do that. Don't do that. Like, only aim at things you want to shoot. Okay. Nope. Let's just play tag with BB guns. <laughs> so silly. Uh, yeah. No. Never. We should never play that as adults. Let's play that as should... adults. Um, well, I'm sure there were people that did it with paintball guns, too, once that got popular. Oh, no, paintballs, yeah, for sure. Of course you just shoot the paintball guns, but that's not a bullet, although it hurts. It does hurt. Paintball does hurt. And not looking, thinking back about going paint when when we would go paintballing, like thinking back on it, I was like, man, why did I like to go do that? Why did I like to get hit with those paintballs and they hurt really bad? Like, why did I think that was fun? So Just because it's the... It's again, we could do that or just play a video game where you have a one person shooter and you just do the same thing. But it's something about the hunt, the real life adventure, but it not really being serious, but like you're still shooting people. I don't know, man. America things. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know. It was so popular that uh, remember it William was? Shatner was all was all about it. He even came here to near near here. What was it? Challenge Park? Is that where he was doing it? Yeah. He did it multiple times. He had his big, it was like a big outing thing he did. And he did it like two or three times here in, in at Challenge Park. Was he playing with like people? Yeah, he was super big into paintball. I think there's even like a documentary or something about it. So like I could have signed up and like tried to shoot William Shatner? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, he was like super big into paintball. I would have just been yelling. I would have been. I would have looked up all the the uh, the con quotes I could have and just quote as I was shooting him. The documentary is called Splat Attack. All right. <laughs> William Shatner's Splat Attack. The captain is back in action in the ultimate paintball showdown. It would have been a dream come true if I shot him and he knew who I was. And he goes, Nick. I would have laughed. Oh, this this that doesn't look like a documentary as much as it looks like a a movie movie. There's like an alien on the poster. <laughs> Fine. But Whatever. yeah, there's tons of pic when you go online, there's like tons of pictures of him in paintball gear and uh Challenge Park and That's cool. He was he was all about the paintball, man. He got really sucked into that. <laughs> if I knew that if I knew that I forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have went paintballing with uh, with good old with good old William Shatner, uh, but that's besides the point. That's besides the uh, the 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 things going on here in Home Alone uh, three. Uh, you mentioned the cops, by the way. I want to mention the janitor from Scrubs. He was one of the cops briefly. Yeah. At one point, I thought that was uh, like, oh hey, there's janitor, Scrubs, and the dad on the middle. Uh, I like that show a lot. That was a fun. That was a fun show. Um, but um, well, real quick, we'll, we'll we'll run through all the other traps real quick before we before we end this. But uh, what what was with that song? This is my town. <laughs> I don't know. I blocked it out. You tell me about it. it uh, I shazammed it while we while I was l l watching the movie. And it was by a band, a band that I never heard of. Obviously, it was like pop, 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 punk band of the late '90s called Cartoon Boyfriend. That is that that sounds like a name of a band that would exist in that time period. 
Yeah, they were alternative rock band formed in 1997. They formed the same year that this movie came out. This were they, brought everybody together, maybe. Were they formed for this movie? Maybe. Um. So yeah, they were. They they had this one song in the you know my town, and somehow right. it got used for this movie. This is my town. It's a pretty good, accurate. It's an accurate representation you have right there of that song. <laughs> sounds real. I listened to it. Good. Uh, I rewatched that scene about six times before. Uh, oh, you didn't download the whole their all their albums to your Spotify yet? No, just that song. Oh. Yeah. So uh, a real you know, poser, real poser, huh? I am a true not poser. A true fan, uh, not a true fan, a true fan of cartoon boyfriend. A true cartoon boyfriend poser. What a um, poser, dude. When uh, also I mentioned the janitor from Scrubs being in this movie, the mom that we had talked about previously uh, in this movie, she was also in Gremlins too. You may remember her as uh, Martha. Probably do. In Gremlins too, she was uh, like the one that was like kind of into Billy, that worked yeah. at the same like office as him. She smoked cool. a lot of cigarettes and stuff in that movie. Cool the trait of that character. People like cigarettes, especially. Back then, it means you're hip and cool. Such a new thing. It's really recent. People stopped stopping smoking cigarettes in wide media. It's a weird, you know. Yeah, I'd say over the last probably like couple decades, probably maybe last twenty years. Yeah, it only took sixty years for people to stop doing that, basically. So (laughs) wow, it only really happens in like period pieces and things like that now. Right. Um, Even then, I do get frustrated when period pieces get yelled at for having too many people smoking. I'm like, that's the. I know it's not real. It's. I know Stranger Things got hit for it hard. But it's like, but it was like that. That's what people did. You don't remember walking to a McDonald's and be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, McDonald's had ashtrays. McDonald's had ashtrays. And I remember sitting in the non-smoking section, which was just next to the smoking section in the same room. It's like. As a kid, I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, you wanted the smoking section, smoking or non-smoking, that was a thing. Yeah, it was. It was like, where you go to restaurants and they would ask you if you wanted to sit in smoking or non-smoking. Imagine how much, God, how much that product owned people's lives. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, people bitching about you know wearing masks and shit. We walked everywhere where people smoke things that give everyone cancer. <laughs> <sighs> what a what a great society. At least at like more legitimate restaurants, like the smoking section would be like off. You know what I mean? Like it yeah, would be like actually a be wall cool. separating it. it would be like in a, you know, it wasn't like in the in the same. Yeah, I just always remember that was because going to going to college when that was going on, like it was like people just like liked going to bars more because there wasn't covered in smoke, and they realized they made more money. Yeah, because come on, yeah, 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 obviously. Now, when you think about it, like people, you know, like, you know, like when you think about it now, like going to anywhere like that where, where, where that's still allowed is like almost weird. Yeah, it's a flash. It's a throwback to, you know, I, it's unenlightened a, time. A lot of times in the southern states, it's like that. Um, I think it isn't it still that way in Indiana? Do they change that? I forget. I think in Indiana, it's I think you can only maybe do it in like casinos. Okay, I don't know honestly, so I'm it's a maybe guess. bars, but like down in like I mean one specific specific example I can recall from being there, down in Louisiana, in, in, like in New Orleans, you can smoke in places as long as they don't serve food. 
it's a it's an interesting distinction because like so yeah, like if it's a bar that that, yeah. a bar with no food yeah you can have just, smoke just go to it just like it's a vice who cares right well sure but uh but speaking of killing uh killing things uh, i think figure we run through some of these uh speaking some of, of these killing things Killing things. We'd run through some of these uh, traps here. Also, by the way, we're talking about Alex uh, knowing so much about, you know, uh, tech and yeah. everything. He knew about intercepting calls. He's a badass, dude. Remember the mo- the mo- like they switched the thing. He's like, they're intercepting the calls. That was awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to say that because that kind of ruins the word awesome. But it was it was neat. It was fun. And in the beginning, I don't I don't want to gloss over this. When they're trying to figure out where the car went, how did they even figure out that it was on that plane? He's literally looking at all the flights leaving San, the airport in San Francisco. He's looking at all the flights. And all of a sudden, he looks up and he sees the thing that says, now boarding. And it just so happens to be that one. Their flight wasn't boarding right then. Why did it have to be that flight? Like, I, literally, he could have picked know. any. But he's like... Chicago. We're going to Chicago. It was like, how? How did he determine that? He's just looking at the the TV screens with all the fucking flights that are boarding right now. It's so weird. I would have to I would have to rewatch it to try and give you an explanation. I didn't care enough to detail focus on that. There was also a time where in airports where you could actually go to the gate with people that you weren't on the flight with. Right. The send that was a thing. Yeah, that was a thing was. that actually that you could do. I remember my mom and my sister went to Texas to visit some family one time, and me and my dad went to the gate with them. Yeah, because well, I mean, it makes it's just like really like again, not to bring things to current times, but like one event that tragic and shocking, we changed the entire way an entire industry works. And now, just just nobody can wear masks in stores. Yeah, right there. You know what I mean? Like, we just we uprooted right. all of society. You can't go to the gates anymore. You can't have to take your shoes off, and like you have to get strip shirts basically just to get into a plane. Which is funny because like even like a lot of airports, like you can't even get to like the restaurants or anything like that in order without going having a ticket having a ticket to get yeah, to the security. Mm-hmm. Nobody so, can you say you wanted to eat with somebody while before they went off on their flight. Nope, you can't do no, that. Can't nope. some some airports you can. Some airports have adapted to like have stuff outside of that area, but a lot of Anything. them did not. That that shit was nineteen years ago. Yeah, and it's <sighs> <laughs> but that you know, pandemic pandemic. Well, speaking uh, of traps. Speaking of traps and pandemics, let's get on to Alex's uh, shenanigans here, because uh, Alex was a real pandemic for the for the bad guys here. Uh, well, that's he was not good for their health. <laughs> he was not good for their health. Uh, so yeah, he he had an electric. He put hooked up a car battery to a uh, a seat, a metal seat. It's fine. Uh, Would have <laughs> killed that man instantly. It's fine. He He's had an electric fence set up that electrocuted the man so much so that his like hair flew out of his fucking skull. He's fine. Uh, 
you know, we talked about the we talked about the chest being smashed down. We talked about the they also tied up that old lady in in, in a cold garage. She's that was old. pretty fucked up. They could have killed her. Yeah. They didn't care. They had shotguns. They didn't give a fuck. They did not, no. They also had sweet white uh camo jumpsuits that they were rocking. Yeah, which makes sense. Where did they even get those? Because like they also mentioned that they didn't pack for that kind of weather. So they just went out and bought all this shit. They went to they went they went to I don't know Gander Mountain or wherever. Bass Bellas, Pro. Bass yeah. Pro, yeah, either one of those. Something like that to get all their those cool white jumpsuits. Even I don't even think even around here we would have something. That's like in ski towns you would have something like that. I mean, you could probably um, find them in those in those kind of shops. I bet they're there. The least like lethal one essentially was like the marbles under the doormat. Like that was like the most like tame. Yeah, that was. That was, you know, baby shit right there. Yeah, compared to like he uh, he sprayed the guy with water who instantly froze, and that would have like done some d- definite damage to that guy. Not good. The guy they get hit with the weights. Uh, the one guy get hit with a with a bag of plaster into his face. Right, that's yeah. hard and heavy. Yes, it that's is. heavy. That would knock you. That would give you some. That would hurt. That knock yeah. you out. Slingshot it into his in right at his face. Yeah. and, and it hits fell. his face so hard it explodes. Yeah. So that's how hard it hits him. Uh, the one guy gets spray paint in his eyes. Yeah, those are ruined. <laughs> uh, he turned his whole entire backyard like walkway into like a mud pit for them. Yeah, that was um, morbid too. That was fucked up too. One of the most morbid fucked up ones where somebody definitely 110% would have died from this. More yeah. so than the weights, more so than the electric chair, more yeah. so than the chest, when a running snowblower with not the rubber snowblower blades, right. the metal snowblower blades, oh, yeah. went right at a man's face and hit him on the head while it was running, it would have chopped his fucking head up. He would have been in bad shape. <laughs> he would have like if he survived that, he would look like a monster. <laughs> he was literally. They would not be able to save. They would. There's no re. There's no reconstructive surgery, especially in 1997, that could help that. No. He was fucked. No. He's no. fucked. I but mean, no, there he just is... got a haircut. He just got a haircut. Yeah, I thought like, I thought he like, and he didn't even get like. It wasn't even that bad of a haircut. Like it was fucked up, like weird and stuff. Like, but I figured, you know, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, and then the other the other main bad guy. He got uh, punched in the dick by that the glove, and also his ass got explode. There was an explosion on his ass. Yeah, when the shotgun went off, that wasn't even planned by Alex. It was just because he had a shotgun. Right. So like his ass got sh- got shotgunned like full of bu- from close full of range. Shot. But yeah, but the thing is, from close, close range, he's done. Yeah. He's done. Dead. He might have survived. It was in his ass. The one guy fell through the entire house. Yeah, he should have died and then landed on the porcelain toilet, which would have shattered his pelvis. Yeah. Also, how did Alex even know that that guy was going to put his gun down on that shirt and accidentally flip the thing over to grab the other gun? You know what? I think he was just hoping. He was just hoping. Who knows how many traps didn't go off? Right. Like, does he kill his mom the next day when she's just walking through the house and he forgot to disarm something? Like he's got like yeah. a wall of a wall of knives that's gonna shoot out of the ceiling. 
and also when when they're like when they're going through the house and like they're going through all the the silly traps and like the dick mouse and everything like that whatever yeah there's the one part where the guy the one like overly silly bad guy he like there's like the naked girl in the shower it's like yeah. a terrible out why would he think that there was a naked girl in there they knew there's nobody else in the house he heard a sexy woman's voice but they already knew nobody else was home. They thought they knew. <laughs> he was hoping he's going to come across a strange woman who is taking a shower. Then he just rips the shower curtain open and like good things will happen from this. Uh, I get. Uh, what do you think, man? Yeah, they're like, at least in like the other Home Alone movies, like those guys didn't, they, they didn't anticipate that stuff. Just like these people didn't. But like once like the once Harry and Marv caught on, they like smartened up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. at a certain point, they smartened up. These guys, they never... Well, because they're being blitzed by crazy things. Like, who would have expected a trampoline pool frozen death pit? Yeah. Hy- the hyperthermia giver. <laughs> the, hy- yeah. the hypo tank. Yeah, they should They should literally all be dead. And then, But then instead, they just all get uh, chicken pox. But see, isn't there... Wouldn't you think there was... They do get the chicken pox. I was waiting for that. That paid off real well. Box now, okay, but do, so wouldn't you think after all that? Wouldn't you think? I mean, even you describing how the the uh, the snowblower ran across a man's skull and he should have been cut <laughs> up and obliterated. Like, isn't there money in like a rated R Home Alone movie, but not Home Alone, but just like a home invasion type movie where a kid lays traps for bad guys and all the real damage happens to them, and some do die and some just become monsters, and it's like this fucked up bloody mess. Yeah, there actually is a movie like that, and yes, it's actually well, a movie. Uh, from 1989, that was was uh, actually like some controversy with the original Home Alone, where they were said that this movie ripped or the Home Alone they ripped off this movie. Um, it was determined that the scripts were written right around the same time ish or something. Which happens. So, always happens. So, but this movie is a French movie that I, I do own. So it should, it'll be have to, once we can actually finally get back together and All right. watch these movies, uh, I've yet to watch it. And I keep meaning to, because it's a Christmas movie and I really need to watch it because I bought it and I should probably watch the things I buy. Um, I mean, it's a good policy, but it's, it's, it's a French movie and it's called, has a few titles. It's called deadly games. It's also known as dial code Santa Claus, also known as game over. Sure. And it's basically a kid, and there's like a murderous type Santa we'll Claus, and this and this kid is 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 sets all these traps and things like that. But the kid's like armed to the teeth, and uh, it's it looks absolutely insane. But I have yet to watch it yet. But it's uh, it just just released on Blu-ray for the or any even it was never even released in DVD, but it was just released on Blu-ray this year. The same company who who put out uh, Tammy and the T Rex, our winner of the tournament. Beautiful. So yeah, I mean, yeah, just a movie where like the damage kind of like the damage meter keeps increasing. It just doesn't like you. You can see like it's just a bloody mass. Yeah. So that's but you'd what... have to include a few or a super strong bad guy because some are getting killed. Right. But yeah, it's funny on IMDb. There's uh, there's a lot of people that love this movie. There's a lot of people that really like. People think it's bad. As for me, it's so much fun. There's so many positive ten out of ten stars reviews. Are they, are they for... written by by Roger E or R Ebert? Is there yeah, like, he, that a lot of them? 
he wrote them all before he uh, before he passed away. Well, I just figured maybe somebody had his account and was just kept reviewing it. Even one person even says, for one thing, I'm fucking surprised that Roger Ebert liked this. This is a person that liked the movie too, but they were just you know they were shocked that Roger Ebert liked this movie so much. It was even he was even referenced in a, in a IMDb review. He made himself synonymous with enjoying this movie. It's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird thing of all the movies you've I think, reviewed. I think it's because people were just so like, "What?" Yeah, like we were. Okay. Yeah. It's just something people, and so many people out here are like, "I'm shocked after seeing the poor ratings. I'm shocked. I can't believe how many people dislike this movie." It's it's a lot of the a lot of the uh, the positive reviews are just like, you know. Right. That's and then a lot of the bad ones are just like you know, please stop. Why stop? Please stop. You know. Please stop. Why Home Alone should have been left alone. You know, this is the same crap recycled. It's not the same crap. It's similar crap, but it is different. If you like this movie, if you love this movie, you love the you love these movies. Baby Geniuses, Super Babies, Baby Geniuses 2, Ed, Are We Done Yet? Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves, and Problem Child 2. Maybe. I mean, I like Problem Child 2. Maybe not so much the other movies, but uh, I like Problem Child 2. <laughs> so maybe maybe I actually really like Home Alone 3. Is that what they're, they're saying here? I think that exactly what they're saying. One person said, yuck, Barney is more entertaining. Ten pounds of crap in a five-pound bag. Great. I hated this movie so much I nearly cried. Well, that's weird. I never hated something. Well, I mean, I have hated something and then cried, but not a movie. <laughs> like some hate makes me want to makes me want to cry. Some things that I hate. But yeah, a right. movie, the third movie in the Home Alone franchise, is not that much. Does not get that much of emotional response from me. I don't know. People I want to see the sequel where Alex is like a grown man doing who knows what. He always wanted to be a good guy or a citizen. So like, is he like a somebody, super cop? Somebody he, said this he, movie. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, does he end up in like Gitmo torturing people? His life took a turn? Possibly. Uh, Possibly. Some Somebody call this movie Vomitrocious. It's a cool name. It's a cool word. I like it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, there's just so many reviews for this movie because there's so many bad ones. And there's so many good ones. It's like people either love this movie or fucking hate it. And it's Makes just it's, it, it's astounding. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of not either one of those people. I'm just in the middle. It's like it's just fine. It just is. It's just fine. Yeah, it just is, which is true. Yeah, just it just is. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, Home Alone 3. Uh, if you if you want to enjoy it or if you enjoyed it on Disney Plus, it's out there. If you watch it Home Alone one and two and you're like, man, I really want to just watch a kid just do more traps on bad guys. Uh, why not? Why not watch this movie? Uh, or if you have little kids, my three year old kid it thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Thought it was a lot of fun because Perfect. he's three. Because he's three, and that's he is. What this, that helps. This movie is marketed uh, towards. So next episode, we are approaching, uh, since the holiday season is, uh, you know, we're still in that realm, but it's uh, pretty much over with at that point. But we're also approaching a, a certain number in our podcast episodes. Uh, it would be episode 316 of the podcast. It's 
So since it's episode three sixteen, which one? I, uh, we have found I found some uh, some some Stone Cold Steve yeah. Austin movies that are available on Amazon Prime. Uh, you know, there's one, there's two of them with uh, with Michael J. J. White. One called Chain of Command. The other one, Tactical Force. They both seemed very similar, uh, <laughs> but yes. they also felt very boring. Um, sure. There's a there's also another one called Hunt to Kill, where these like terrorists m- force him to like get them through the like wilderness or something. He's like just a hunter. I don't know. It seemed very Bold. weird. So there was there was that one. So we can choose. We can watch. I can look up the actual plot to Hunt to Kill. But so there's one. There's there's two. I, the the two cop ones seem too generic, and the, from based on the trailers alone, it felt like they were gonna have a lot of boring parts. Pass. Going in it. So Hunt to Kill says when Jim, uh, Steve Austin's uh, Steve. I call it. This says uh, when Jim's in parentheses Steve Austin of TV's WWE. Of TVs. <laughs> uh, teenage daughter is kidnapped. He is forced to lead a band of ruthless killers into the wilderness to retrieve their share of a missing high score. Okay. So there's that one. Or okay. there's one called Recoil uh, that also stars Danny Trejo. Okay. Potential. And it's basically Stone Cold Steve Austin as the Punisher. Yeah, man. Recoil. After the murder of his family, a former cop, John Verrett, goes vigilante in order to find the criminals that have slipped through the system and exercise his own brand of ruthless justice. Well, we avoided one generic story for the other. That's good. Right? Like, what the hell is that? I think that story dates back to ancient Rome. <laughs> Man's family's murdered. Man goes crazy to kill murderers. That's but like one based of the first on- human stories we've ever heard. It's gotta be. Right? At first, he was like, this guy killed my family. I'm going to kill him. Two hours go by. Wow. (laughs) So we can either watch Hunt to Kill or we can watch Recoil. All right. I'll pay you five bucks if you edit them both together into one four-hour movie. (laughs) I can't do that. They're both only an hour hour and a half. So uh, can't make it four hours then. That sucks. (laughs) So, yeah. So we can. So those are what do you which one do you want to go for here? I don't know. My at first, I was leaning toward the other one. That's not recoil. A recoil kind of sounds absurd, but the other one's probably got a bunch of crazy like criminals that are probably just gonna be insane maniacs, hopefully, and then he has to deal with them and eventually fight them. And that's that one sounds like the uh, the better film, to be honest with you. So let's go with that one and see if that's wrong or not. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go with uh, 2010's Hunt to Kill. It's available on Amazon. Ten. It's oh, available boy. on Amazon Prime Video, uh, starring the one, the only Stone Cold Steve Austin. And how could we not do a Stone Cold Steve Austin movie for episode three hundred and sixteen? It's true. Old three sixteen of this podcast. I did. I did see some. There's some trip. There's a Triple H movie on Amazon Prime called Inside Out. Ever seen that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have I seen it? Yeah, I watched it yesterday. My favorite movie. I've watched a lot of movies in the past two or three days. Yeah, and one of them was Inside Out with Triple H. I was like, oh, I got to see this one. This is what I have to do. Oh, man. I can't believe you watched it. Someone's thought that. People have watched that movie. (laughs) I'm sure they saw Triple H. And they're like, I got to see it. There's also, I see there's a movie called Checkpoint starring Bill Goldberg. Did you watch that? 
No, I did not. It looks like it could go along with Chain of Command or Tactical Force. It looks like the same. Well, we're SWAT team people, and we're chasing bad guys. Well, and there's, I'll give you ten bucks to edit those three movies together into one super film. Actually, in the one, the one Chain of Command one uh, with Michael J. White, Stone Cold's like the bad. He's like the he's like the bad guy. He's like the um, like government like agent who's like dirty whatever. But it, Hell but yeah. it, it it also felt like Stone Cold barely in this movie. Probably true. It very like even the trailer made it feel. Yeah, I don't like, want any oh, of this ro- rollerball Shane McMahon shit. No thanks. Still yeah, scarred it, from that. It, it didn't feel like it was he's in it that little, but it felt like he's not in this movie a lot. Like there's something else going on here. I'd where... like to think Shane McMahon was in Rollerball because like he just goes to these things in real life. <laughs> like Ron this is the Ron. thing he does. Yeah, right? Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, uh, so there we go. We we could, you know, there's a lot of st- uh, Stone Cold's in so many movies, but uh, but these are the ones we had uh, choices for here on, on the internet to be able to stream. So we're going to go with uh, Hunt to Kill from 2010. Uh, 4B Movie Breakdown. I'm Corey. I am Nick. And come back next week for more of the best of the worst. It's the best of the worst. Be moved.